Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a silver linings edition of the HHC. Hornets fell last night to the Toronto Raptors 123-117, to despite a historic performance on a lot of levels. 45 points, a new career high for Miles Bridges, 20 points for Brandon Miller, significant there as well, a couple other significant contributors, but it does end up being in silver linings as Charlotte drops its ninth in a row. They are now 10-40 and 40 on the season, coming up short against the Raptors team that had lost 8 of 9 going into last night's game. We'll break it down. Also going to talk a little bit here about Brandon Miller's schedule for the upcoming All-Star Week. He'll be in the Rising Stars competition. We now know his team. And yeah, we know there's an obvious topic going on right now. We will touch on that a little bit here as well. Helping me on all of the topics, the absolutely obvious that we're kind of dancing around here at the moment, as well as last night's game. He's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with me once again in studio. Rob, an excellent game last night. Very entertaining. 123-117, to the final score. Hornets come up short. Before we we get to game recap and we get to silver linings. We know it's trade deadline. Day. Is it? I had yeah, no idea. <laughs> you could have fooled me. I thought absolutely nothing was happening today. Few rumors out there for certain. Obviously, we are not going to touch the rumors. There's too many to name. It, it can be silly season. Some things I'm sure there where there's smoke, there's fire, but we're going to leave it until things are announced. We plan to have in addition to a game preview podcast tomorrow. We will break down any transactions that are made made by the Charlotte Hornets and uh, give you our thoughts on them at that point in time. But for right now, we want to just talk about the reality of the trade deadline. Several players were asked about it yesterday, either before the game or after the game. Coach Clifford talked about it. We'll let you hear from him in a moment as well. But you know, the reality is these are human beings. This is a business, and part of the business is that trades happen and the trade deadline tends to come with quite a few moves, and there's a lot rumored out there. Us personally here on the Hornets Hivecast, me personally as someone who who is around the team a lot, I like these guys. I'm rooting for what's best for the team and the franchise and the city and for them individually and, and almost all the time. That's how it ends up anyways. But clearly, there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now, and so we're wishing all of the players, the franchise, the fans, everyone, all the best, and just wanted to give this brief dose of reality as to what it's like working through the trade deadline from Hornets head coach Steve Clifford before we carry on to breaking down last night's game. And I really mean this. When you're a coach, it's like you just get through it, you wait, you see what happens, and then this is our team, and then you you know you, you have to come up with a plan to do the best that you can. So that's all I do. This is a hard day for everybody, and I understand that. I mean, you know, look, it's hard for the guys, so we'll just see what happens. There you have it. We will see what happens, and again, we will break down any deals that are made on tomorrow's edition of the HHC. Obviously, it's it's a bit perilous to put out a podcast on trade deadline week in general because anytime we record it, we know we are at risk of having to re-record it an hour or two hours or six hours later tonight. You know, we're we're going to call it one and, and just go ahead with our game recap from last night and any deals that are made. Again, we will cover on tomorrow's edition of the HHC. So last night, Hornet. 
Hornets fall 123 to 117 to the Toronto Raptors. The headlines, Rob, are the individual performances from Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, Cody Martin, Bryce McGowan's off the bench, as well as Nick Smith Jr., all of them contributing towards what looked to be a Hornets victory. Charlotte was up by nine at the end of the first quarter, six at halftime, as well as heading into the fourth quarter, had double-digit leads at several points in the ballgame, but just unable to hang on. Toronto outscoring the Hornets 32-20 to in the fourth and final frame. Some of that was free throws on intentional fouls down the stretch to try and get the ball back, but overall just not efficient enough, the Hornets, in that fourth quarter. After the contest, Cody Martin had this to say about what went wrong for Charlotte in the second half. I think just not having carryover from the first half. I think we did a pretty good job of just taking away their strengths, getting back in transition, knowing that they want to find gaps and 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 get easy buckets, quick buckets, get to the rim. And I think we did a pretty good job of that in the first half. I think we kind of took our foot, foot off the gas when it came to that. I think we didn't put ourselves in a position at the beginning of the third quarter to take away from some of those easy baskets, so they took advantage of those. Rob, bottom line for me, the Hornets were low turnover enough to win this game. They were good enough on the glass to win this game. They shot well enough to win this game. They had the individual star power enough to win this game. At the end of the night, it was a make-miss type of situation, and Toronto just shot collectively a little bit better than the Hornets. Their seven players going for 10 or more last night was better than three players going for 19 or more for the Hornets. And it was just everybody was a little bit more efficient, too. You talked about that fourth quarter where, again, a lot of it was towards the end of the game where you're trying to have intentional free throws, extend the game, that sort of thing. Same thing when you look at the shooting percentages and the shooting stats in that fourth quarter as well, where a couple of them can maybe be from just trying to chuck up shots and have some desperation shots hopefully go in. And unfortunately, the Hornets just kind of went cold at a wrong time. I mean, they ended up shooting 28% in a quarter, two for 12 from three in that frame. And the free throw shooting was a little bit of an issue as well. Charlotte, 13 to 20 overall in the contest. I mean, if you make a couple more, if you go 17 to 20, I mean, that's basically a completely different ball game. That's four points right there. You're down into a one possession game and you never know what can happen in a one possession game late in an NBA game. So again, a little bit unfortunate in that part, but like you said, I think just so much star power from guys like Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller and Cody Martin to really shoulder the load. And there were other guys in there that were able to provide some sparks. I thought Nick Smith Jr. had a really good second quarter in there where he was able to have a nine-point burst and go three for four from beyond the arc to really kind of spell the bench a little bit when the lineup broke. But again, there was just a couple of times there where the Hornets went a little bit too cold and it ended up biting them. And give credit where credit's due. Toronto shot very well from three, 17 to 33. That's about 51, 52%. Hornets were shooting at a very similar clip as well, just higher volume, just not as efficient. 16 to 39, that's 41%. So, again, you live and die by the three, and unfortunately the Raptors thrived a little bit from beyond the arc there last night, and that ultimately ended up being the difference in the ballgame. And there's another reality to this contest. We got into it from the start of last night's game on the broadcast all the way through the finish, and that is, you know, even though Toronto has made some significant moves, they've dealt Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, who are two great players, they're championship caliber players, uh, they've moved on to other places, and good players have come back in return as well as some picks. So there, there's definitely some changeover on the roster, but Toronto's healthy. They've got everybody. Everyone on their team that's supposed to be playing rotation minutes is there and available to play rotation minutes. And that's just still not the reality for Charlotte. LaMelo Ball is out again. So was Mark Williams. So was Gordon Hayward. So was 
Frank Nilakina. This team is still down Terry Rozier from the trade, and not that you know they need to depend on him, but he wasn't replaced by another physical human being who's in the locker room ready to contribute. So Charlotte is still down a tremendous amount of manpower compared to the opposition, and yet they still got quality contributions from Leaky Black had a good game in the starting lineup. Nick Richards did his job very well. P.J. Washington didn't shoot it great, obviously, last night, but not necessarily a bad game sometimes you look at a a bad scoring line and that is what it is but um you know ish smith didn't shoot the ball well either but four to zero on the assist to turnover ratio nick smith jr shot it well so look there's just the reality that the hornets are still down essentially half of their ideal eight-man rotation and toronto even though they have been struggling lately is a healthy team and they were able to shoot well enough to come away with the victory at spectrum center last night so 123 to 117 the final score hornets come up short but plenty to pick from when it comes to silver linings will it be miles bridges 45 point performance brandon miller going for 20 cody martin for 19 or someone else there's other double digit performers as well as uh, positive plus minus performers to pick from we will have our silver lining selections next here on the hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. We know it's trade deadline day. And is it? You, you probably you didn't say it before. You, you might have, you know, started listening to this at after the trade deadline today, and you know something that I don't know right now as of the recording of this podcast. And all I can tell you is we'll cover it for you tomorrow. Tomorrow, any deals that are made throughout today, trade deadline day, February 8th, we will cover for you tomorrow as part of our game preview episode of the HHC, getting you ready for Hornets versus Bucks. But as of the recording of this podcast, I know nothing. I don't know of any deals that have been done. So you out there tuned in are smarter than me for this moment. You're just going to have to hear hear my thoughts about who were the Silver Linings performances from last night, which was a great game against the Toronto Raptors. Hornets fell short 123-117, to 117, but some historic performances from Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, and some other strong ones as well across the board. So, Rob Longo, you know as little as I do right now about any deals that are official for the Hornets, so I'll let you pick from something you know about, and that is the Silver Linings selection from last night's game. First off, I really just want to clip that little bit right there and say, I know nothing, and just put it on <laughs> repeat but i won't be that mean for you that'll be my intro from now on <laughs> that would be something the hornet Timecast with sam farmer i know, I know nothing, nothing. <laughs> that would be funny. Anyways, let's get back to some serious business. That's the uh, silver linings picks. I'm going to go with the guy that had the career high mark for points in a game again after what a 48 hour absence of that or hiatus. I suppose that's going to be Miles Bridges. Lob pass for Miles Bridges. Catch and shoot three is good. Miles Bridges, a new career high, 43 points. And it's a career-high tying sixth made triple. So one, going for 45 is remarkable in and itself. Two, going for 40 in consecutive games is incredible in itself. And three, breaking your personal best on two consecutive games just takes it to another level. Miles Bridges has been unbelievable these last two games. 17-27 shooting in the game last night. 
6 of 11 beyond the arc, 5 of 7 at the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 45 points in total. I mean, he just did it all in that game last night, and that's something that is a little bit different from that 41-point performance he had against the Lakers on Monday where he basically just scored and did nothing else. He didn't have a rebound. I don't even think he had an assist, to be honest with you, too. But the game that Miles had last night just takes it to another level based on the assist and the rebounding and doing everything as well. He had a lot of good defensive stops in there, I thought, yesterday as well. So Miles Bridges, definitely my silver lining performance. Hard to not pick the guy that had 45 points. Yeah, he would have been my number one pick, too. Uh, Sorry. The, the other night, you know, there, were, there was a, a close call between what Miles Bridges had done going for 40 for the first time in his career and what Brandon Miller did, which was his second consecutive 30-point performance, something unique to his rookie class, at least at this stage of the game. But this one, I'm, I'm with you. It was Miles Bridges all the way, not just the career-high 45 points, but a career-high 17 made field goals, career-high six made threes. I have more thoughts on it, but let's hear from Miles Bridges, who I think provided the right kind of attitude and context to this. He's a person who's focused on winning. He actually said in a quote that we're not playing that he'd rather score 10 and win than have 45 and a loss, but here's what he said scoring 45 really means in terms of his ability and this team. I mean, I can score the ball. You know, Like I said, I wish it could contribute to wins. Uh, we've been in two close games. I feel like if I could execute more and in the fourth quarter, you know, I'm used to depending on, you know, Terry, Melo and those times, you know, getting creating for us. Um, so I feel like I got to get better at that and helping us win down the stretch. Miles Bridges about what the 45 means. And, and again, it's the reality that we talked about before and we'll talk about more later. The Hornets are extremely shorthanded by any conservative estimate. They are down at minimum two starters right now and at minimum three rotation players and so to to be able to put forth that kind of effort to lead the majority of the game regardless of the competition this is the NBA everybody's good and in this case for Toronto everyone was healthy so uh, a roster that's loaded with first round picks and guys that are paid high high dollars or are about to be for good reason seven of them finished in double figures that's a good team over there in terms of the talent level for Toronto and they had all of their weapons available to them Charlotte had the lead for most of it came up a little short but Miles Bridges, nothing to hang his head about. 45 points. couple of facts here for you. He's the third player in franchise history with 45 or more in a game. Glenn Rice did it once. Kemba Walker did it six times. And now Miles Bridges on the list. Anything that you've done in a Hornets uniform that Del Curry didn't do and LaMelo didn't do at this point seems like an impossible feat. But Miles Bridges, he's got one of those accomplishments right now with the 45 points. And, and again, the three-point shooting, very, very impressive because we know what he can do at the rim in, the, in that attack mode. But to see him knocking down threes with this kind of frequency, I mean, he is you know somewhere around 37% from three now on the season. It's the second best year of his career, and the volume is way, way higher than the one where he shot 40% a couple of seasons ago. So impressive stuff from Miles Bridges. That said, you took him, so I got to go in a different direction. Uh, I will give a tip of the cap to Brandon Miller without going through his stat line because we're going to talk more about him in our final segment here today. I'm going to go with another cap tip quickly to Bryce McGowans and Nick Smith Jr., both of whom shot the ball well and played well overall in the game. But my pick for silver lining selection is going to be Cody Martin. Black is going to try and drive on R.J. Barrett into the corner. Cody Martin for three. Yes! Cody Martin 
knocks it down from distance and a quick timeout for Toronto. They fell behind early in their last game in New Orleans and history is repeating itself. Charlotte blitzes them out of the chute. It is 12-3. Sadly, it did not repeat itself in terms of the result. Raptors ended up winning this one, obviously, where they fell way, way, way behind against New Orleans and ended up losing that contest. But Cody Martin, really, really strong game. He has been kind of pressed into that point guard role as uh, all the injuries and the attrition of the point guard spot has uh, allowed Cody Martin the opportunity. And, it, man, he's been really, really good in it. And last night, maybe his best performance. Obviously, he scored the ball well. 19 points is a season high. Came pretty close to his career high as well. But the assist-to-turnover ratio, it's 8-1. to one. Eight assists against one turnover. I don't care what your job is. Normally, the best point guards in the league dream of nights like that. It's hard to do that. So, Cody Martin... Excellent game out there for the Hornets with the eight assists as well as the season-high 19 points. For me, on any other night, he would have been easily a Silver Linings top selection, but 45 points is hard to argue with. It's hard to overcome. And a couple of notes on Cody's performance last night. At halftime, he had 12 points, five rebounds, four assists. So he was very consistent throughout the course of the game. And keep in mind, too, he missed the last two games with that knee discomfort. So he was able to come back and nearly go for a career high. His career high is 21 points. Finishes with 19 last night, but again, really, really solid stuff from Cody Martin. He only played 28 minutes, too. I mean, you had other guys out there like Miles that played 38 minutes. Brandon Miller had 41 minutes out there on the floor. I mean, he barely came off the floor. P.J. Washington played heavy minutes as well. So Cody Martin in his first game back after missing a couple because of that knee that just continues to be a little bit of an issue for him, I thought was really impressive as well. So Miles Bridges and Cody Martin are silver lining selections from last night's game, a 123-117 to 117 loss to the Toronto Raptors. Hornets now 10-40, and 40, unfortunately, on this season. And uh, we will see what roster we have and uh, what lineups we have coming up tomorrow when the Hornets take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, that will be a game preview edition of the HHC and a trade deadline reaction issue of the HHC as well. Still more work to do here. One other piece of news that came out over the last 48 hours, the Rising Stars competition teams have been announced. We know who Brandon Miller is playing with, a team that includes Victor Wembanyama, just like Miller asked for. We're going to talk about the Rising Stars competition rosters next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Schroeder hit ahead pass. R.J. Bear goes up. Oh, my goodness. Brandon Miller from nowhere annihilates it off the glass now for three. Yes! Oh, what a sequence for B. Miller. Maybe the best highlight sequence of Brandon Miller's career so far. You have to say everything was so far because, I mean, he's done a lot. But a chase down, pin down block on the glass on one end on a play that basically everyone else had said, all right, that that's a layup for Toronto. He said, uh-uh, I can get there. And he did, showing off his athleticism. Then comes down on the other end, catch and shoot three with some contact. Could have been an and one for a four-point play. He'll just take the triple. Uh, just an unreal sequence from Brandon Miller, who went for 20 points last night. It is his sixth straight 20-point game to give you some context on what that accomplishment is like just compared to his class. Victor Wembanyama has a high of 10 consecutive 20-point games. That's been closed out, so it's it's capped there. He, of course, could start another one. There's plenty of time left on the season for him to have actually a longer streak, but for the moment, he has stopped at 10. Chet Holmgren's long is three straight 20-point games. I will say this. I think Chet has a different role on his team compared to what Brandon Miller has had lately with the Hornets and what Victor Wembanyama has had all season with the Spurs. So I'm not 
holding it against him. I think Holmgren is very much capable of those kind of efforts if he was in a different role. But the stats are what they are. He's had a max of three consecutive 20-point games. Miller is at six and counting. He'll have a chance to go for another one tomorrow against the Milwaukee Bucks. But the aspect of Brandon Miller that we wanted to talk about here is the newly announced Rising Stars competition rosters. Rob Longo and I took a stab at this a couple of days ago, and uh, I'll be honest, I didn't understand the draft format even a little bit, Rob. Well, it ended up being like a snake draft kind of, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a snake draft. It's like a fantasy football draft. Kind of, yeah. And it, it did not involve at all the the uh, G League guys, so that that part of it uh, was not there even a little bit. But we got our Rising Stars competition rosters set, and we know who Brandon Miller will be playing for and with. He'll be on Pau Gasol's team as part of the Rising Stars competition. Ends up going sixth overall. Victor Wembanyama was the number one pick. Number two is the reigning rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro. I don't have a problem with that. Third overall, Chet Holmgren. I don't have a problem with that either. Fourth, fifth, uh, got more arguments to make there. Jalen Williams, very good player for Oklahoma City. He gets teamed up with Chet. So I guess I kind of understand it, but I personally would have taken Brandon Miller over him. Uh, fifth pick, I believe, was Jaden Ivey. I don't, I don't think that one should have gone ahead of Brandon Miller, but uh, to the victory go the spoils, and I think Team Powell has got a good little roster here because Brandon Miller then went sixth overall, so he gets his wish. He's going to team up with Victor Wembanyama, the rest of the roster. Brandon Pudzimski, the rookie for Golden State, selected out of Santa Clara University. Jaime Jaquez, who has been the other winner of an Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month award from the Miami Heat out of UCLA. Jabari Smith Jr., the brilliant sophomore player for the Houston Rockets drafted third overall out of Auburn he had that incredible summer league last summer league and has continued to play pretty well for the Rockets this year Cason Wallace a rookie for OKC is not going to get to play with his teammates Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams in this one he'll be playing with Wemby and B. Mill last but not least another international player Bilal Koulibaly of the Washington Wizards Frenchman gets teamed up once again with Victor Wembanyama. they played on the same team in France and uh, looking back at our draft uh, Rob, I was wrong, and you were right a lot more often. You pat yourself on the shoulder. If you hear that thumping, it's me patting myself on the back because I had Wemby, and I had Bilal Koulibaly, and I had Jaime Hawkes. And if I recall correctly, this is me stretching the truth a little bit. Maybe if you have to go back and listen to the archives, I understand. But I'm pretty sure I took Oscar Shibway, and I said I really wanted Case and Wall. So I was almost perfect in that sense. But uh, I'll take three out of five because we only ended up drafting five guys. So yeah, thinking, that's a Hall of Fame average. That is an all-time Hall of Fame I average. Mean, thinking about players doesn't count. I'll and, still take and, three out of five. That's listen, 60%. In my defense, I was thinking a lot about the G League guys. So, I mean, oh, well. In any case, uh, the teams are set. I'm excited to see him play for Team Pow. I know I said at the time we, we were picking which coach, and I kind of would like to see him play for Detlef Shrimp just because it's another tall outside range shooter who had a lot of success in the NBA. I think just learning from being around him uh, would have been something to take away from. But you can take away from any of these coaches because they're all legends. Pau Gasol, Tamika Catchings, Jalen Rose. There isn't a bad option from the coach or for the player standpoint. But this is going to be a lot of fun and I think it presents some interesting opportunities here for Brandon Miller to play on a big stage as part of All-Star Weekend and uh, if his team wins Rising Stars competition, make some noise for himself 
and for the Charlotte Hornets. Certainly can. I mean, this is a really good opportunity, and it talks about, A, what Brandon wanted. He wanted to play with Wemby, so that's going to be interesting to see all of that length and size out there on the court, and he has some really good pieces around him like Pajemski and Jaime Hawkes, Jabari Smith. I mean, these are all very, very talented guys, and when you look at these other rosters out there, I mean, this one might be the most talented, and I know I'm not just saying that just because Brandon Miller is on it, but the pieces that are around him are really, really interesting as well. So hopefully it's just one one of those things where it's not too much star power, where you have guys playing one-on-one five different ways out there on the floor or three different ways out there on the floor. I can't remember. Did they go five-on-five five or did they go three-on-three? Three? They go five-on-five. They five. go five-on-five. Five. So, I mean, I'm hoping that you know that's not a little bit of an issue. So, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity for Brandon to shine on a really good stage. And because Victor Wembanyama is probably going to garner so much attention offensively, this is an opportunity for Wemby to shine as well. I mean, let's be honest, he doesn't have a whole lot of good people pieces there in San Antonio with him right now, but at the end of the day, you get other guys around him like a Jaime Hawkins, like a Brandon Miller. There's going to be so much offensive firepower out there on the floor where this is an opportunity for Brandon to maybe have more open three-point looks than he has right now during the season just because of the attention that everybody else on the team is going to provide there. So it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it, and I think having a coach in Paul Gasol is going to be a really good learning lesson here for Brandon Miller as well because if you go back to two seasons ago when LaMelo Ball was on the Rising Stars and then selected the All-Star game, I think that was very beneficial to his development as well, just being around that town, being around those guys and soaking it all in because that's something that you hear a lot of guys talk about where you go to the All-Star weekend and you go to the game and it's almost like a convention of sorts where you're able to kind of take and give and provide extra pieces and some attention to detail and you're able to pick up on some nuances from guys that you normally wouldn't be in the same locker room with. So hopefully Brandon is just able to be a sponge during All-Star Weekend and take in as much as he can and hopefully put on a show for the Hornets as well. I want him to be that, but I want him to be a star too. I think there is a case to make for if Brandon Miller has an excellent Rising Stars competition, him kind of kick-starting into the second half a campaign to be Rookie of the Year. I know Wembenyama takes all the attention and the fact that Chet Holmgren's stats average-wise are similar to Wemby's and the fact that his team is winning in Oklahoma City and everyone else's who's really a candidate, a strong one, Brandon Miller and Victor Wembenyama, their teams are not, makes Holmgren an attractive candidate. But I really think there is an avenue here for Brandon Miller to maybe make a run at Rookie of the Year. The national media is not talking about it, but statistically, Brandon Miller is basically caught up to Chet Holmgren at this point. The run he's on has been remarkable. I see no reason to believe that Brandon Miller is going to get fewer shots in the back 40% or so of the season. I think, if anything, he'll continue to get the volume he's had, which has been more since the Terry Rozier trade. Here's the avenue I see working for maybe him getting to a Rookie of the Year nomination and maybe the win. One is, he's got a star this week, because this is when all the eyes are going to be on these guys. Victor Wembanyama is not going to play in the All-Star game. Neither is Chet Holmgren. So this is the opportunity to make a statement. Sometimes these games look like All-Star games, where it just kind of devolves into three-point shooting competitions. Brandon Miller's good at that. He can probably win that in that type of competition. Sometimes it's serious basketball. Brandon Miller's good at that, too. I think he's going to be able to take advantage of matchups in this that, uh, you know, Wemby can as well. But Brandon Miller could easily be the star and the leading scorer for a victorious team pal come the end of the competition. So that's one aspect that has to happen. The other is Brandon Miller's got to continue this tear deep into the second half. If he plays 30 to 35 games, or sorry, about 30 games after 
after the All-Star break, or really after the point of us recording this podcast, and averages 25 a night. I know that's a lot, but if he does it, he'll end the season averaging 20 points per game. And depending on if Wemby slips up a little bit or if Brandon Miller just ends up being the star of the rookies from All-Star Weekend and having this average, which is so much further ahead of Chet Holmgren potentially, and even or better than Wemby, I think there's an, a serious case to be made. So it all will tip off during the Rising Stars competition of All-Star Weekend. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see B-Mill play with Wemby and Pajimski and Hakez and all these other guys. Uh, I just can't wait to see him put on a show in a Hornets uniform. And I'm excited for a week off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it'll be nice to sit back and actually get to enjoy Brandon Miller partake in all-star weekend rather than me having to sit here and do a couple of other things and multitask and that sort of thing i know sam pearly will be working he'll be there covering it in person so be sure to check out hornets.com for a lot of behind the scenes access and i'm sure we'll have some great video content there as well and There'll be a written component, too, as well with the lead writer, Sam Perley. I have a firm belief it will be just the first of many, many, many All-Star Weekends for Brandon Miller, particularly the way he has been playing here this rookie season. He goes for 20, his sixth straight 20-point performance. Sadly, it comes in a silver lining alongside Miles Bridges' second consecutive career high, 45 points for the Charlotte Hornets. Their next game is tomorrow against the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. We'll have our game preview podcast for that one. And again... I know it's trade deadline day. Whenever you're listening to this, there's a good chance a deal has already been made. We will cover it for you tomorrow here on the HHC. With thanks to Rob Longo for joining me in studio and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. And we'll talk to you tomorrow breaking down all the deals as well as previewing the matchup against Milwaukee right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.